As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Wendy. And I'm Jess, and you're listening to the Food Heaven Podcast. Your online resource for inclusive and accessible wellness. Welcome back, everyone. We are doing this episode, and I say that because I thought we would never get to doing this episode because it's literally been rescheduled like six times. So many things happened on both ends. The latest news was that we both had COVID. I currently and still so, have it. Well, yeah, Jess still has it. And so we were like, we can't reschedule this again. So we powered through it, but uh, we are so thrilled because so many of you love and adore boundaries expert Nedra Glover Tawab. She is a relationship therapist. She's the author of Set Boundaries, Find Peace. And today we are going to be going into all things boundaries. Yeah, it was such a helpful conversation whether you are somebody who is a people pleaser and has a hard time setting boundaries or you find yourself in friendships or relationships where people are constantly violating your boundaries she gave very helpful and concrete tips for how to proceed and also included some very helpful information about what to do when people are commenting on your body or your food choices i thought it was so, so informative. So you guys definitely are going to want to listen until the end. And before we jump in, I'm going to read a listener review. This is from Ginger Snap 619 <laughs> Great name. 619, you from San Diego? Um, Nutrition Nuance Queens. This podcast is such a breath of fresh air. As a fellow dietitian, it can feel like a lot of content is being recycled in this space, but not here. I'm always learning new perspectives, new angles, and new content when I listen. Wendy and Jess are vibrant, honest, and skilled hosts and explore concepts deeply and in a snazzy, big friendship way. I love how they braid in science with ethics, business conversations, and practicality. I'm constantly referring clients to certain episodes and can trust that there won't be any blame or shame here. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Who is Ginger Snap? I feel like this is a friend. <laughs> I love the name. Heather, is love that you? the name. <laughs> Thanks for leaving that review. Who are you? Who are you out there? Um, all right, y'all, let's get into it. Okay, so I have an icebreaker question to get started. It's been a pandemic, obviously. (laughs) And I know for a lot of people, there's so many boundaries that have gotten crossed. I'm curious for you, has there been any boundaries that you have struggled with over the past couple of years and how did you navigate that? Since the pandemic started, I would say the boundary that I have struggled the most with is sticking to exercising at home. That has been really hard for me because 
I'm only motivated if I'm paying for a gym membership, right? If it is up to me, I could think of 1,000 reasons why I don't want to stretch, why I don't want to do any sort of movement. And so I would say just the exercise piece because I was in the gym and that kind of, I had a routine of on this day at this time. And now it's like, I have to create the routine. So I'm, I'm constantly getting better at that. Sometimes I fall off, I'm back on it, but I would say moving my body has been the biggest boundary violation that I've had. Oh, that's a good one. Cause I didn't even think of boundaries in that way. I always thought about it like in relation to setting boundaries with other people, not necessarily with like habits that you want to stick with yourself or so it would be great if you could talk a little bit about boundaries and how you got into this line of work and like all the different ways that boundaries could look like or some of the ways because we (laughs) we we are like doing a podcast episode but yeah because I never thought about it in that way so it would be good to talk a little bit about like what are boundaries Well, that type of boundary, I would say, is a self-boundary. It is discipline. It is holding yourself accountable. It is knowing that you need to move your body, Nedra, at least, because you're sitting at a desk all day at home. And it is important to make sure you're stretching, to make sure you are moving your body because anything that sits still gets get stiff, right? If we leave a door and we don't put a little WD-40 on it, we won't be able to open the door. So there is something about us that just needs to move a little bit. So I would say that what we think of as discipline is really boundaries with yourself. I got started with this work 15 years ago, working with clients and noticing that so many of the things that We talk about, be it some types of anxiety, social anxiety, relationship issues with our families, partners, friendships, co-workers, work-life balance. So many things are connected to boundary violations, our inability to speak our boundaries to other people, challenges with hearing people um, say no to us inability to say no, and so many of those things. It's almost like when you're in school, they teach you all of these things like cognitive behavioral therapy and gestalt therapy and all of these things. And I'm like, wow, I needed to take some assertiveness training classes. I needed more information around how to help clients quickly because some people won't come back. And so these one or two sessions, I got to do my best. (laughs) I need to make an impact. And that impact sometimes is giving them, you know, some really tough and direct feedback. Now, every therapist is not like that. I would say that I'm more therapeutic coaching in a way that I like to certainly listen. I will listen to you talk for about 42 minutes. And then (laughs) after 42 minutes, I'm going to say, can I talk now? And then I'll jump in and, you know, say my bit and then, you know, a few minutes of me. And then I want to hear your response to that because I've been listening. And this is my observation from what you've said that I wonder if in this situation with this person, if you were to say, I don't like the way you're treating me, if they would respond differently. 
But in the 42 minutes of you speaking, you didn't think to say that. What we typically talk about is what they said, what we should have said. I can't believe this. And four years ago when they came up, like all of this stuff. And really what we need is to be able to speak our needs to that person. You mentioned in your book that one thing you saw coming up a lot when doing therapy sessions was the importance of boundaries and how it was linked to a lot of things that people wanted to work on or improve upon. So can you talk about boundaries, like what they are at their core and how they look like with some of the people that you worked with? Feelings of guilt. That is the thing I hear the most about. We feel very terrible for speaking up for ourselves. I have a daughter and whenever she says me something, she's like, are you mad at me? What are you? And sometimes I will say, well, it it hurt my feelings, but I'm happy you can be honest. Mm, yeah. Don't worry about my feelings. You needed to say it. <laughs> you know, like, I want you to say what you need to and I'll deal with my feelings. You don't have to not speak what you need to because I don't like it. It's the truth, according to you. I may disagree with it. I may be defensive about it in my head, but this is how you feel. This is your perspective of the situation, of me, of the world, or whatever. I'm willing to listen to it and deal with my discomfort separately. How do you, because you know, oftentimes, especially within Black families, when you're establishing your boundaries with older folks, there isn't like that receptive approach. <laughs> they're like, you know, they're not very open to you expressing your boundaries. So how do you navigate like with family members or loved ones where they're just like, absolutely not, I'm not going to honor that boundary that you're setting? How do you go about that? That never happened in my Black family. I'm joking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, where are your family from? <laughs> what? Who is your Black family? They are right. the boundary crusaders. No, I remember when I was a kid, I was, I didn't even know it, but I was a boundary kid. I would, you know, I would say stuff. And I remember people saying things. Like I would say, you know, whatever I wanted, or I felt to my mother, like, I don't like this shirt. Or why do we have to go over so-and-so house? You know, like just different things. And I remember family members saying, oh, you got a mouth on you. Oh, you, you just be talking back. I'm surprised your mama don't whoop you. I'm mm -hmm. surprised, you know, just all this stuff. And I'm like, she's giving me the freedom to speak about what I want. And I think now I still feel very comfortable talking to my mother because she allowed that. Now, was that supported in the family? No. It's like, why are you saying that you don't like something? Because I don't. Because I don't like it. And is that rude? Is that disrespectful? Is that mean? Absolutely not. I'm a human and I have preferences, even if I'm a little human, even if I'm five years old, even if I'm 25 years old, I don't like and love everything. And it's okay for me to voice an opinion about that. Unfortunately, within our culture, that is seen as, and many other cultures, not just Black culture, but many other cultures. I hear this, you know, with all sorts of folks about different cultures that there is this idea that we are betraying our families or we are betraying our cultural values by not wanting to participate or, you know, speak to this person or do these things. And really, 
I get it culturally, but I don't get it personally. And every single day I wake up personally. Mm. <laughs> I wake up personally. <laughs> I'm not waking up culturally. I'm not waking up in community. I'm waking up personally. And as I rise out of the bed, there are some preferences that I have. And I want to make sure that my time on earth is well spent within my boundaries. And so I will speak those things to people. And there will be people who say, it is mean, it is rude. I once did a poll on Instagram and I asked people, what have you been called mean for, right? And so folks were saying stuff like, I wouldn't loan people money mm-hmm. or I didn't want to go to the grocery store with my mother and she asked, or I wouldn't have a threesome with my boyfriend or all of these things would seem like to me, like, how is that being called me? If someone says, hey, do you want to go to the store? And I say, no, I don't want to go. You ask me a yes or no question. Either response is appropriate. Right. So I have the opportunity to say no. I have the opportunity to have a preference. But we have such a connection to what people think and feel about us that we take no as a rejection. Right. We take, I don't want to as, oh, they don't love us. When really, they just don't want to do something. They feet hurt. They don't feel like walking around a grocery store. Or, you know, I mean, just, it's too cold in there most of the time. You know, tons of reasons that have nothing to, the meat section stink. I don't know. All sorts of things could be happening. And I think we we tend to personalize it because, you know, we, we go inward a lot. That's just the, the way we are. And as a therapist, I have the wonderful opportunity of hearing a lot of what people say to themselves. And my job is to challenge some of that, to reshape it, to help them consider other possibilities, to help them start doing those things without my help. My goal is that you start to do all of the things that that I'm doing in a therapeutic session with your with yourself. Mm-hmm. And I love hearing hearing my clients say like, "Oh, you should have heard me the other day." I say it and I'm like, "Oh gosh, it's working. You're your own being. You are figuring things out. You're going through your line of questioning and look, you didn't cuss them out. What a day." You know? What progress? <laughs> Can you share a little bit about that? Like, I'm curious, the therapeutic process. How do you even notice that people are having issues with boundaries in your work? Like, what are the signs that maybe people need more boundaries? What is your process for helping them get to a place of having better relationships with other people and with themselves? So I don't use the word boundaries. I don't say you need better boundaries. I don't say mm-hmm. that. We typically walk through what's going on and we talk about what you can do to make the the situation better or what you're potentially doing to stay in the situation. Many times we think our situations will be resolved by some outside force. So if we're having a relationship issue, somebody else needs to fix something. It's not us. I'm perfect. I can't imagine anything I need to fix. It's this other person. If we're having a work issue, it's our boss. It's we don't have enough time. It's this, it's that. And I help people talk about the them in the situations that they're having. 
we cannot give you more time. Ooh, I wish we could. If 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 I could have one wish, it would be time, <laughs> right? I can't give you more time. We all get 24 and that's it. How do you want to spend it? What can we be doing with that time? We can't make people monogamous if they don't want to be. We can't make people listen to us if they don't want to. But what can you do when they don't want to listen? What can you do when you are short on time and people are asking you to do more things? What sort of ways can you maximize the time that you have? And we know we don't have much. So it's really about helping people see themselves in their issues because so often we don't. We think the issue is the issue. It is all of this other stuff when really we have a lot of power to impact change in our lives just by changing a few things. Did you guys know that one way to make it easier to form a new habit is to tack that new habit onto an existing habit. So I found this very advice particularly helpful when it comes to my multivitamin every morning. Now I'm someone who always forgets to take it and by tacking it onto the habit of brushing my teeth, by putting my vitamin bottle just right on my bathroom countertop, I was able to remember to take it every single morning. Now the vitamin that I take and that I've been recommending to everyone, including clients for years, is Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin. Why do I love Ritual? Well, it's just such good quality. And I know that they do exhaustive research to make sure that they're including all of the important nutrients in the right amounts and in the most bioavailable or highly absorbable forms. I also love Ritual's commitment to third-party testing from USP and the non-GMO project. The ingredients are also vegan friendly and there's very clear communication from the brand about what exactly they put in each multivitamin. And in fact, you can go to their website and look it all up. It's very visual and very easy to understand. Right now, Ritual's offering our listeners 10% off their first three months. Visit ritual.com slash food heaven and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash food heaven. Now let's get back to the show. As dietitians, we work with a lot of people who struggle with boundaries around food and body talk, like especially during family gatherings, the holidays, that comes up a lot where like everyone has something to say about the food you're eating. Everyone has something to say about the weight you've gained during the pandemic. And it could be very hurtful, you know, for a lot of people, like just getting these comments left and right. And it almost seems like it's just normal. Like that's how you greet people like, hey, girl, you looking real thick or like whatever. It's like just part of the communication. And so I'm wondering what are some things that people can do or say during that time, during these gatherings, where when they're constantly being flooded by these types of comments? Tell people you don't like it. And, and that's the thing that people will say is rude. Here this person is saying, oh, you gained a lot of weight. And you say to them, wow, I, that was pretty mean. And they're like, oh, I can't believe you said anything to me. It's like, oh, I can't believe that you said that to me. Now we're equal. I'm not saying anything mean, but I can have a response to what you say. So when someone is commenting on your body in a way that is uncomfortable for you, you can let them know that that's not okay, that you don't invite 
feedback about your body. You're not here to talk about your waistline, how much you weigh, your loss, and all of these things. It's not an okay conversation. And sometimes people don't know that because we haven't told them. What happens when you did tell them and they don't they don't listen? Like, let's say you have to repeat. OK, it. so it's OK to continue to. At what point do you just I mean, do you recommend people cut people off or like they keep violating it? Like, what do you do? This that when people continuously comment on your body when you've asked them not to, yeah. it is their issue with their own body. Mm. I've had situations where people may say, oh, you want to have your knees out? Oh, you're going to wear something that just all of these things where it's like, oh, you have an issue with your knees. Mm. Oh, you have an issue with the weight that you've gained. Mm. Oh, you have an issue with you having a bang. <laughs> you know, like all of these things that people will say to you, really, they are just projecting. Mm. They are saying these things because it is likely an issue for them. So if there is someone in your life that you have said, please don't talk about, you know, how I wear my hair. Please don't talk about my body. And you've said it multiple times. The next phase of that would be to say, stop. When they just look at your, stop. Almost like a, a little kid running into the street. Stop, stop. <laughs> just, yeah. just don't do it. We, we're going to stop here. I don't, I don't want you to finish that. Now, you could have been saying, look at your beautiful. I, it, <laughs> we won't hear it today. Just stop it. Because commenting about my body is turned off. That's great advice. Because I think it also applies to like so many things, but like the diet talk. And because I know a lot of the people that I work with, like, you know, part of the issue isn't, always necessarily commenting on body, but just like even commenting on like their, you know, loved one is commenting on their own body negatively and and they don't necessarily want to be around that or hearing somebody bash themselves, right? Because it's like they're trying to get out of that mindset of talking, you know, not nicely to themselves. But yeah, I feel like that's really great advice. We have a listener question. It's kind of along the same lines. They asked, how do you navigate being with a partner who offers unwelcome advice on foods you're eating or how you should be more active with the undertone of like trying to get you to lose weight? And this comes up actually a lot with clients I work with as well. Again, you have to tell people to stop. Clearly, this person is not with you because of your exercise habits or the way that you eat, because I don't know, they like you for other reasons. So they need to focus on that. The focus doesn't need to be on what I'm eating. I think if you really want it to be effective, why don't you suggest we go on walks after dinner? Like, why don't you suggest like, hey, let's go for a walk. I want us to spend some time together. Would you like to go? hiking, suggest some things that tie into activity, but certainly don't tell me about my body. Don't tell me about what I'm eating because that is not appropriate. So there are ways to redirect that sort of behavior. And maybe you don't want to be active and you could say, hey, don't suggest hiking to me. Whatever those things are, you can let them know that you're uncomfortable with the insinuation that There is some weight thing going on. There is something wrong with you eating that you need more vegetables or whatever it is that, you know, my plate is my plate and your plate is your plate. Yeah. Yeah. 
And when it comes to like developing that self-awareness with having boundaries with yourself, like for example, the negative self-talk, whether it's about your body or other things as it relates to you, like what is helpful in shifting that mindset? Like as things are coming up, kind of pausing and being like, wait, no, you know, like what, like I should treat myself with a little more kindness or be more compassionate to myself. I don't think you have to rid yourself completely of negative self-talk because those things will come up, but certainly giving yourself some grace, the same grace that you would extend to other people. We are so nice to friends, babies, strangers, all sorts. Look, look at that little face. Look at, you know, we, we just, we're so kind to other people. And meanwhile, in our head, we're bashing ourselves for having too thin eyebrows or a nose that, you know, whatever. We're just beating ourselves up when it is not the best use of our energy. The better use of our energy is to acknowledge like, I feel this way about myself. And also these are the wonderful things that I'm capable of. I made this mistake. However, I am human and I make mistakes. We often forget that we're not going to be perfect. We're not going to get everything right. Our facial features won't be perfect. Our bodies won't be perfect. Nothing about us will. And that's okay. We're, you know, we're imperfect people and and, and things happen. Yeah. I love the self-compassion. We've, we've talked about that a lot on our podcast. And I think it's something that so many people struggle with, like along those same lines. So one thing that I struggle with, with boundaries is trying not to have like my boundaries and fringe on other people or like having so many boundaries that like that you're not making space for the other person's wants and needs in a relationship or friendship, if that makes sense. So for example, let's just say, oh, you know, someone says, oh, do you want to do this? And it's like, I don't really. And then the next time they ask, they're like, oh, do you want to do this? Not really. At what point do you have to kind of give in a little to maintain a relationship? (laughs) What things do you enjoy doing with them? That's a great question. Because there are some things that you may never enjoy. You may never enjoy watching football. Should you watch it just because someone is asking you? Now, maybe you do enjoy watching basketball. That is an activity that you can do together. So it's not that you say no to everything, but there are some things that I may not want to do, but I love to do these other things with you. Do I have to be a part of everything that you're doing? No. And there are times where you may need to watch football. It's called compromise. I will watch a few, you know, I'll watch a little bit of a Marvel movie if it's, if it's going to get me a (laughs) rom-com. I trade, I do a little trade off. I'm like, now what, what is, what is he doing? Okay. He got those senses. Got you sucker. (laughs) Now we're going to watch this heavy dialogue drama. Yes. Yeah. Cause I'm just like, yeah, I don't even want to leave the house. I just, just want to sit home and watch Succession. Oh, that's so good. Everybody should just want to sit home right? and watch oh Succession. No spoilers. I don't, yeah. Oh, it's such a, it's good, such show. a good show. Ugh, ah. It's such a good show. Other activities don't matter if you're watching. Right. Show, I'm just like, so uh, I, it's all well. <laughs> Cancel my life. No, but that's good. I like the idea of the compromise. And also, yeah, just like figuring out, because I, you know, yeah, I think, figuring out like what it is that you do want to do and and also realizing that like there's give and take and everything and it can't just be about your boundaries because it's like I have a lot of sorry this isn't a counseling session 
<laughs> but I have a lot of like guilt around the boundaries thing because I don't want to be infringing on other people's livelihood, you know? So then I'll just be like, oh, I'll just kind of go with it. Or I get too far in the other direction where it's like too many boundaries. So yeah. it's like trying to find that balance. Boundary middle ground. Yeah. Yeah. Some things have a middle ground and some some don't. There are some things that, and it's that's the compromise of it. And knowing yourself, there are some, you know, sometimes we will just not be good company if we really don't want to do things. I don't believe in engaging in activities in a lukewarm spirit. So Mm -hmm. you may not want me to go skating if the whole time I'm going to be there saying, oh, I hate skating. Why do I have to skate? Don't invite me. So let me tell you seven other people who want to go skating with you that are, it's not me. So what things do you, it goes back to, do you want to do these things? Is there some buy-in for you? Is it, you know, some sort of thing that you can compromise on because it's really not a pain for you to do? Are there other things that you really love to do with this person that you could do more of? In relationships, we do have this idea of like, you know, here are your things and I want to join you in them. And here are some of my things. Please join me. It is important to have that sort of reciprocity, but it's not going to be in every single thing. Yeah. I'm thinking like on social media because you have a massive following on social media and there's like a constant crossing of boundaries with like the DMs and the comments. And so as someone who has an online presence, how do you set boundaries on a space like Instagram, for example? Because that's something that we struggle with being online. Well, I will say that for each person, it is different. I think there are some of us who, you know, the timers that they have, it works really well. That timer goes off, you're off the space. There are others where that time, they don't even want to set the timer because they just want to scroll. There are others that know themselves and they're like, I can't even have these apps on my phone. So a really big part of it is knowing yourself, knowing what you want to be doing with your time. I'm a firm believer in intentional social media usage. If you don't want to use it, don't. If you do want to use it, use it. Use it for the amount of time that you want to use it. We create those boundaries and it's different for every person. I don't, I I can't say, you know, well, hey, you only get to watch for one hour. You get to scroll for two hours. It's really up to your lifestyle, what other things you have going on, what you need to be doing with your time and your mental health while looking at these things. Those things are really important. Now, because I I do have such a large community on Instagram, you know, some of my boundaries are knowing that I don't have to respond to, to every single question, comment, tag, you know, all of those things that I am a human, but I am not superhuman. And so it's not my job to be in all places at all times. And I really do have a job. So there are things that I have to do and there are things that I like to do. And so I do see it as an extension of being able to offer free support, giving, you know, access to mental health and, you know, relationship tools. And with that, I don't have to be accessible all the time. 
Well, in wrapping up, this was such a great conversation. And I know that you have a book out and my friend said it changed her life. <laughs> I have I have it as well. Can you tell people about your book, where they can get that? And also if you take on private clients and how people can learn more about working with you. So I have a book. It's called Set Boundaries, Find Peace. I have a workbook to go with that book. It is called the Set Boundaries Workbook. Both books can be found on Amazon, at Target, Barnes and Noble, wherever books are sold. I am not taking on any new clients. I am full at this time. However, I am expanding opportunities for people to work with me. So I do have a class with Skillshare. And of course, I have a community on Instagram where I'm constantly posting supportive material, whether it's quizzes or resources or all those sorts of things to help people um, with mental health. Amazing. And what's your Instagram handle? It is Nedra Tawab. I promise if you put in any DRA, I'm like the top one is not many of us Nedras. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I've ever met a Nedra before. (laughs) Amazing. All right. Well, we'll link everything. We'll include your website as well. And thank you so much for talking with us. It was great. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Food Heaven podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to connect with us online. We're most active on the gram at Food Heaven, but we're also on Facebook and Twitter at Food Heaven Show. If you like this podcast, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. Yep, our podcast is released every Wednesday and each week we take a deep dive into topics like health at every size, food and culture, intuitive eating, mental health, and body acceptance. If you're looking for a sustainable and inclusive path to wellness, come hang out with us to learn how to take care of yourself from the inside out. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.